welcome to the Teen Zone. I'm your host, Debbie Copeland, author of The Leaf Wing, my new YA fantasy trilogy, and my contemporary rom-com, The Kids at Latimer High. The Teen Zone is where I discuss new YA books, YA faves, timeless YA books, books to film. I also interview authors, which includes debut authors, indie authors, and traditionally published authors as well. So if you're a YA author and you have an amazing book and you're interested in being on the show, shoot me an email. Also, as a special treat, because I'm all about creative people, majority of the people in my circle are actors, voice actors, writers, or they work in publishing. I'm going to have them on the show from time to time so you can discover what it's like to work on the inside as a creator. Pretty cool stuff. For today's show, I'm going to be discussing the new genre that is taking the publishing world by storm. And we have a special guest. Yes, author Alicia Carson is going to be dazzle us with her debut fantasy romance novel, The Guardian's Mark. But first, here is the top five for the New York Times bestsellers list for YA this week. Number one on the list, Firekeeper's Daughter by debut author Angeline Boley. It's a splashy YA thriller. This book is on fire right now. Angeline Boley is a writer who tells stories about her Ojibwe community. Not only did she get a seven-figure book deal, her novel was optioned by the Obama's production company for a Netflix series. And Reese Witherspoon chose Firekeeper's Daughter for her book club. Wow, huh? A really cool thing on t- on Twitter, on Twitter. <laughs> Angeline Bowley, she tweeted this on, on Twitter. Dear expiring writer, my great idea came at 18. I'm 55. Hashtag never give up. Wow, huh? Wow, pretty awesome. Number two on the list, Chain of Iron by Cassandra Clare. Chain of Iron is the second book in Cassandra Clare's The Last Hours trilogy. I've always loved her book since her first one, City of Bones, shook up the book world in 2007. Number three on the list is Namesake by Andrea Young, a sequel to Fable. Number four, one of Us is Lying by author Karen M. McManus, which is now a popular TV show. Number five is Concrete Rose by the award-winning number one New York Times bestselling author Angie Thomas. Pretty cool stuff. And now for a quick commercial break. Imagine going to school every day, thinking that everything is normal. Same faces, same friends, same boring city. Then suddenly you discover that something's a bit off, that a pack of recluse Tony Hawk wannabes aren't really human. But the scary part is, only you can see them. You're the only one who knows their secret. Things start to get really complicated because while you're watching them, they're watching you at midnight, at dusk, 
even in your dreams. The Leaf Wing by Arthur Deborah Copeland. Available at barnesandnobles.com and amazon.com. break so here's the big secret or if you're a bibliophile you probably already heard about this new genre that is taking the publishing world by storm and a it's like ya that has graduated teens leaving home going off to college new adult that's actually what it is the protagonists of new adult are a little older than young adult typically they fall between the age range of 18 to 30 these novels focus more on entering adulthood rather than coming of age. New adult fiction tends to focus on issues such as leaving home, developing sexuality, and negotiating education and career choices. The genre has gained popularity over the last few years, especially by books by best-selling authors Cora, Cora Carmack, her book Losing It, and Jamie McGuire's beautiful disaster. Speaking of NA, new adult, let's bring on Alicia Carson, author of the debut novel, The Guardian's Mark. Hi, Alicia. Welcome to the Hi. show. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. So tell us about your debut novel, The Guardian's Mark. Did you anticipate writing an NA book over a YA book? I So I kind of transitioned. Um, I used to write YA when I was a YA, a young adult. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then this book I started about five years ago when I was the age that the character is in the book. Um, and obviously, you know, I can relate to someone, could at the time relate to someone of my age more than I could to a teenager and whatnot. So I just decided to write it as an NA novel. Awesome. So what inspired you to write The Guardian's Mark? <laughs> so it's actually my... <laughs> I love the way you say it, too. <laughs> um, so actually, moving to New York was one of the big inspirations. Um, the book is based in New York. It's about a young woman in New York, um, you know, doing her best to make it through life and, you know, uh, I guess the, the turmoil that comes with romance. Um, and so, yeah, I had just moved to New York from San Diego. It was my first time. I'm really, you know, going out on my own and not just going anywhere, but from the wow. West Coast to the East Coast. Uh -huh. So that was a big change. And so I was just feeling inspired to write something new. Um, and then I, at the time, was reading a lot of YA fantasy novels because that was, you know, still is one of my favorite genres. Um, so I just began writing The Guardian's Mark and everything happened after that <laughs> awesome wow so you transitioned from san diego to new york huh and, and i just, did yeah and started writing <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you feel like your book including the genre chose you and not the other way around um yes well i guess it's both. I feel like it was. <laughs> I guess it's half and Trick half. Question. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Let me think about this. Um, but yeah, I guess it's half and half because I think you know, obviously, 
I think it definitely chose me because it was something that spoke to me, but obviously it was my decision to write about, you know, write in this genre and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I guess it's kind of half and half. Like it, it chose me. I was, you know, destined, destined, I guess we'll say to, to write that genre, but I definitely just was so in love with it that that was what I kind of stuck with. Destiny. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> So I think our listeners would love to be transformed into your character's world right now. Can you give us the honor, Alicia, and read a bit from your book? I can. I'd love to. And also, you know, just forewarning, I'm not great at reading my book out loud, so I'll do my best. That's okay. I'm sure you will. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I don't know. Should I give a preface for set up the scene? Whatever you want to do. Yeah, it's it's your call. Yeah, so um, so this is chapter three, I believe, of the book. Um, and so we're at a, a gala, essentially, and um, someone mysterious shows up, and this is one of the main characters. And um, yeah, I guess I'll just read the part now. <laughs> I was a few steps away from the edge of the dance floor when a hand caught mine, warm to the touch and sending a tingle up my arm. The hand pulled me back, spinning me lightly and stopping as I came in contact with a hard body. I looked up and was only slightly shocked to find Gavin's vivid green eyes looking back at me. He smiled. Fancy seeing you here. I smiled at a loss for words. Um, what are you doing here? He turned with the music and moved us further into the crowd, away from prying eyes. I was invited. My date is busy at the moment, being the great mingler that she is. You look lovely, by the way. I was surprised to feel a slight pang of jealousy at his mention of a date. Why was I jealous over a man I hardly knew, who could possibly be a psychopath because of the information he was holding on to ever so tightly, was beyond me. Thank you. You clean up pretty nice yourself. And that was the truth. Gavin was dressed up in a navy blue tux, his dark red hair styled sleeker for the night, a woodsy scent floating off of him. He looked and smelled good, and I couldn't deny the fact that I was attracted to him. I had been since the moment we'd met. Tonight, it was just magnified. I'm not really the kind of guy that likes to dress up, but I figured I might get a kick out. I figured I might get kicked out if I showed up in jeans and a t-shirt. How's your (laughs) evening going? (laughs) I glanced nervously to the side, scanning the crowd for Carter, with no luck, before returning my attention to Gavin. It's going all right. Better than expected, actually. Minus a few speed bumps. Yours? Gavin pressed his hand firmer to the small of my back, his eyes never leaving my face. It's going well. Better now. My heart leapt at that. Was he referring to running into me or finding me? I wasn't sure whether or not his being here was an accident, although I wasn't so pretentious to think that he would go to all this trouble just to follow me around. If I ask you a question, will you tell me the truth? He he didn't pause in surprise like I thought he would. Instead, it seemed as if he'd been expecting that exact question. I'd have no choice but to. The heat between us was rising, the hairs on my arms standing up. I didn't know what it was, but the connection between us was electric. It almost felt unreal or otherworldly, as if it went past just basic lust. What was going on? Who are you? I wasn't sure why I said it, but it felt like the right thing to ask. Gavin smiled in a friendly and non-pretentious way, watching my face. He slowed our dancing and began to lower his head. For a moment, I thought he might kiss me, but then he moved his face to the side his mouth coming close to my ear. To an, outsider, to an outsider, it would seem like he was kissing my neck. You'll find out soon enough. His warm breath tickled my skin and for a moment I thought he might actually kiss me. 
Instead, he pulled away and smiled again before disappearing into the crowd. And that's it. <laughs> what is happening? This sounds like a love triangle. What happened to Connor? <laughs> it is. Go it is. <laughs> he's, he's around, you know, he's there. That's why she's nervously scanning the room to, to make sure he doesn't see. <laughs> Very intriguing. That was amazing. I'm hooked. So where, yes, I'm like, wait a minute, where's Carter? (laughs) Where can we buy your book? Um, You can purchase it on Amazon. If you go, uh, basically you can just go to Amazon and type in the Guardian's Mark and it should come up that way. Or if you go to my Instagram, Golden Oreo with an E, an extra E on the end, um, then there's a link in my bio that will take you to my link tree and you can also get it there. Awesome. That was Alicia Carson, everyone, author of The Guardian's Mark, available on Amazon.com. So now I have a few more zany questions for Alicia before we wrap up the show. Okay, are you ready for the zany questions? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. There's some pretty good ones here, too. Okay. Question number one. If you had to give up either snacks and drinks during writing sessions or music, which would you find more difficult to say goodbye to? Music. (laughs) Music I would struggle to say goodbye to. Snacks and drinks I could deal without. Um, Because music just, I need music most of the time while I write because it kind of helps me get into the mood and get into the zone. And depending on what type of scene I'm writing, I might listen to a certain type of music. You know, if it's a romance scene, then I'll put on something romantic. Um, If it's a fight scene, you know, some more like upbeat music. So I definitely need music and uh, I can take a break from eating, you know, for a little bit. (laughs) I totally agree with you. Music, and it's like the more you listen to music, it's it starts starts to like just take over you know Mm -hmm. whatever your writings it starts to come alive because the music is inspiring and transforming your writing yes very motivational (laughs) yeah I can give up food too yeah (laughs) number two which is your favorite season to write in and why (laughs) um I would have to say fall yes I feel like it's probably most writers' favorite season yeah, because that's it's one of mine. Mm-hmm. Just like the transitional period, the leaves are changing. You know, you can go. I love reading uh, at coffee, sh- like going to a coffee shop and getting a cup of coffee and reading a good book. Like that's one of my favorite things to do. And so, fall is just the perfect season to do that in. And I feel like it's also just the the most. I don't know. It's the best atmosphere for writing. It's beautiful. New beginnings. And you mm-hmm. can flip. It could be a new beginnings. It can be like a, an ending. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah, it's like rebirth. I love fall. Exactly. Number three. If you had the opportunity to live anywhere in the world for a year while writing a book that took place in that same setting, where would you choose? This is a tough one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess since, since I have to pick one, uh, I'll say Havana, Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, always wanted to go there. I definitely intend to go there within the next few years once, you know, things are safer and whatnot for travel. Um, but Havana, I just love that Havana is, or all of Cuba, as far as I know, is kind of stuck in a certain time period wow. with the old cars and the old buildings. 
um, you know, there's obviously the political history with that and the reason why that happened. But wow. it, it, the culture, like I love Latin culture and it's very welcoming and it's exciting. And so I just would love to live there for a year and write it. Nice. Like it has, sounds very colorful and spicy. Mm-hmm. And, yes. then, and then the architects, you know, the buildings, the historical buildings must be beautiful. Yes. Absolutely. They look, yeah, it looks amazing. I cannot wait to go. Nice. Yeah, I can't wait to, we can start trying. No, we can start trying. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Soon enough. <laughs> Picture this, number four. You feel uninspired and you sat at the computer for an hour without conquering any words. How do you get your creativity flowing? Um, one of two ways, either just force myself to write and if it comes out terrible, it comes out terrible, but eventually I'll get into the groove and it will get better. Or I'll start writing something new that like a new idea that I thought recently that I hadn't started yet, just to kind of get inspired. And then I can kind of transition back over to what I really was supposed to be working on. Oh, I like Um, that. That's clever. That's crazy (laughs) clever. (laughs) Yeah, it helps. It definitely. I would suggest it. It definitely helps. What happens if What happens if why what that if that happens that you actually like fall in love with the, the new stuff you're writing? The, right? That's <laughs> that's the da- <laughs> that's the danger of it. That's why the first option is better. You're like, oh wait a minute, this is a really good concept. Yeah, <laughs> ten pages of this new thing and zero pages of what I was supposed to be writing. It's okay. That's being creative. That's just being a writer, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's just being a writer, this organic. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Number five, what has influenced you the most as a writer? Definitely other writers, honestly. Um, any type of entertainment, too, movies and TV shows, but I've been a reader since I could read <laughs> um, and have been reading, you know, YA fantasy for the longest time, recently got into biographies. Um, but I definitely have just always been inspired by other writers like Cassandra Clare, for example, um, who just kind of have created this amazing fictional world that you can immerse yourself <laughs> in and then they have you know 10 books in a series and oh, it's like why well, is book one when I could read all 10 what a <laughs> so, writing career so amazing yeah so amazing that's, so, yeah, it's, that's it's gonna be you that's <laughs> you yes. Alicia Carson on the <laughs> Guardians <laughs> that's exactly what I'm trying to manifest <laughs> yes Awesome. Okay, number six. Hmm. Do you like audiobooks, physical books, or ebooks better, and why? Definitely physical books. Um, I'm definitely a, a traditionalist, I guess we'll say. When it comes to books, I like having something physical and tangible that I can hold, and you know, they have oftentimes amazing covers on these books that they put so much work into and so I feel like having the actual book as opposed to looking at it digitally or listening to the audiobook doesn't have the same magic with it I guess um I'm getting into ebooks more now because I do have a kindle so I'm trying to transition a little bit but there's just something about having a a physical copy of the book that's I'm old school I'm right with you I like the smell Mm -hmm. of books the artwork yeah and just the feel of it in your hand you know and you just like it's like three in the morning and everyone's asleep and you're like reading the (laughs) book and and Mm -hmm. then your face your face gets like closer and closer to the book when it gets more yeah 
intriguing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like it's more exciting to pick up a physical book yeah. than to pick up a Kindle because it's just like, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah like ebooks, so ebooks, ebooks and stuff. That's for like busy people. That's for mm-hmm, busy people mm-hmm. who are multitasking and they can actually like listen while they're doing, they're right. doing a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, right. Um, number seven, what is your preferred font to write in? Ooh, then. So when I was younger, I actually really liked Franklin Gothic. That was like my favorite font to use. Um, in, in, you know, recent years, um, I, I use Arial pretty often just as like a basic font. Yeah. But I also like Gotham Light. I feel like that's a nice font. Yeah, um, you can see that. <laughs> simple, yeah. <laughs> I definitely like the more, well, I guess Franklin Gothic wasn't really simple, but now I definitely like more, like more simplified clean fonts do you feel like do you feel like you change your font depending on what you're writing yes Uh yeah Yeah. because I think even like while I was designing the book cover I had to find like the perfect font that kind of came across in the way that I wanted it to that made sense for like the genre and the story exactly it's it's important to have the right font yeah I love fonts they're cool number eight do you feel like it's most important to have A, strong characters, B, mind-blowing plot twists, or C, <laughs> epic settings? All three. Uh, option D. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. If I had to pick one, I would say strong characters would be the most important because, you know, you can have um, an epic setting, but characters that aren't so exciting and so it's not really going to reel people in. And then same thing with mind-blowing plot twists. People aren't going to care about the plot twists if you don't have strong characters who are involved in these plot twists. So yeah, I'd say strong exactly. characters is definitely the yep. most important. Yep. Otherwise, people won't read your book. They'd be like, oh, they're flat, <laughs> flat characters. No personality. Unrelatable. Awesome. <laughs> Number nine, what's your favorite genre to read and why? Um, so you, I think I mentioned this before. It used to be YA fantasy, and it still is. I definitely still love YA fantasy. I'm forever a, a teenager when it comes to that. Um, but recently, I've gotten into biographies, um, and I really was not into nonfiction until probably five years ago, if not less. But I love biographies now. Oh wow! Um, my favorite one is Trevor Noah's biography um, because he just like it reads like a fiction book honestly it's kind of crazy to believe to to read his story and realize that it's a true story um but and then i'm reading um obama's book right now and that's very exciting and it's 700 pages but i'm excited to get through it because he obviously has a story that (laughs) yeah very yeah (laughs) i was not expecting that and it's only part one there's gonna be a part two oh wow (laughs) Yeah, but it's it's exciting to read, especially, you know, with a, a figure that you know and possibly look up to. It's kind of exciting to read about their life. Yeah, it's very special. Mm-hmm. Number 10, what are two of your favorite covers of all time? Not your own. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, can I see mine? Yours? <laughs> um, I guess I would just pick Cassandra Clare, honestly. Um, City of Bones, the first cover for sure. 
um, was very exciting. That was what reeled me in when I was at Barnes and Nobles and I saw it and it was the gold cover with the the main, uh, what's his name, Jace on the cover, on the front. Um, and it was just, you know, you had the city in the background. Yeah, really it was cool. just very exciting. Drew, yeah. So. It drew you in, huh? Mm-hmm. Really very much in. so. I was like, I don't even know what this book is about, but I need it. Okay. So how do you come up with the names for your characters? Um, I, I'm very basic about the way that I research them, but I basically just Google. <laughs> so I Google depending on the characters. So usually, you know, whatever their cultural background mm-hmm. is. I'll look for names in that culture. Um, and then if, you know, there's something I want their name to be associated with that has a meaning, like, you know, the Guardian's Mark is about angels and demons. So there are angels in the book. Um, so the angels, I did a lot of research on, you know, his uh, biblical angelic names. Oh. Um, you know, the main character is also just in relation. So, yeah, I just Google and then, you know, find in relation to the culture and the, the, the um, synopsis or plot, I guess. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Just, to, just make the names like symbolic or like really mm-hmm. to the to the story. Exactly. Um, number 12, who is the most supportive person in your life when it comes to your writing? Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely always been friends. Um, back in high school is when I really got into writing, and I was sharing my chapters with my friends, and they were always really excited to read them. Oh, and then that's, so, me that's, so that's so cool! That's so cool! Yeah. So it's always been friends, you know, friends now and friends back then basically have just always been very supportive. And when I when the Guardians Mark came out, I was really, you know, um, overwhelmed in a really good way by the support and the excitement that I received from my friends. So, yeah, that's beautiful because they know you. They most importantly, they love you. They love you and they <laughs> and they want to support you. That's beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. Number 13, how many drafts do your books generally go through before publication? Uh, 42. (laughs) Or at least it feels like 42. Um, They go through probably, oh man, I don't know. There's, because there's, you know, so many versions of drafts, I guess you could say, probably. And plus I, you know, I go through and I do spell check and then I reword things and then, you know, I check for other things. Um, at least 10, if wow. not more. It's a process, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's a process, <laughs> for sure. So yeah, I'd say at least 10. <laughs> All right, but I believe it was Toni Morrison who said, even when you finish a novel or you finish a, a writing a piece it's still not done because when you reread mm-hmm. it you find like you find you know you find something wrong or you want to add to yep. it or make changes so writing is just a, a process of rewriting it is it's hard because it's you know I feel like we we're perfectionists too when it comes to creative yeah I know that can to be perfect why you wanted to be perfect of course um yeah and number 14 (laughs) the last question what is your favorite time to write and why 
at night because I'm a night owl. <laughs> so I definitely love writing in the evening. I'm not a morning person. I'm really trying to become more of a morning person. <laughs> but getting up early is a struggle for me. Um, and I just feel, you know, especially like fantasy, I feel like fantasy, writing fantasy is more exciting at night. A lot of the yes, with the moon. Yeah. There's a full moon. So <laughs> <laughs> something, you know, sinister and mysterious about the evening. Yeah, you're right, because it's quiet and battles mm-hmm. on the window. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Such a delight. Thank you so much, Alicia, for being for being on the show on the Thank you so Stone. Much. Thank you for having me. Of course. I can't wait to finish reading it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Who is it's Eva, right? Uh, Ava. 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 Mm-hmm. Like, Who's she gonna mm-hmm. end up with? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the plot thickens. <laughs> I know it's it's you know I, I we'll see how it comes across to you, but I definitely tried to write it in a way that you love both of her her potential suitors. So <laughs> you'll have to let me know who your favorite ends up being. I shall. I definitely <laughs> will. Alicia, thank you so much for being on the Teen Zone. Everyone, again, that was Alicia Carson, author of The Guardian's Mark, available on Amazon. Um, Amazon.com. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.